We're moving into a new year, moving into a new decade. Turn in your Bibles to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, we laid out a, a plan in, for 2020 back in November, kind of introduced some ideas and some things of where we're heading. We're going to start on that this morning, and we're going to even lay out more detail of where we're going and why we're going in this direction. So in a passage in the one I mentioned, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I want you to read with me verses 10 through 15. Now this is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Corinth. And he said, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care because no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, or costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and that fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what he has built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Now, there's a lot here. A lot going on. I'm going to let you know right up front, we're not going to unpack all of this this morning. All right, we're just going to hit a couple of things. Now, keeping in mind, Paul is not talking to individuals here in a sense of, you know, you're building and you've got to build your life. He's talking to a church, specifically not even the church at large. He's talking to a specific congregation. And when he talks about, I laid the foundation, you know, and he's talking about, I planted this church. Other people came and ministered to this church and built upon that. And he goes, and so he, he, he goes on, but Jesus Christ, hey, that's the foundation that was laid. So that's the, one of the two things we're really going to hit. Number one, Jesus is the foundation. And then number two, if we are building on the foundation that is Jesus, we need to build with care. Okay. Don't be haphazard about how we build on the foundation. So I'm not going to explore, well, what does it mean, gold, silver, or costly stones? Well, how do I mean? Or what does it mean, wood, hay, or straw? And what's the difference between hay and straw when it comes to building materials anyway? I have no idea. We're not going to get into any of that. We're going to focus on one aspect of what, G, uh, what Paul was talking about here, and that is Jesus being the cornerstone. Now, this metaphor of building, building a house, building a building, sometimes it's a temple, construction, this is used over and over and over again in the Bible. Okay, examples. Jesus himself used it in Matthew 21. Beginning in verse 42, Jesus says, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Now, he's quoting directly from Psalm 118. Verse 22, which I read it again, it's the exact same thing. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. So Jesus is quoting something that had been written in the Psalms many, many years before. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, he says, And you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men, but chosen by God and precious to him. For in the scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. 
Now, Peter didn't come up with that. Like he said, it says it's in the scriptures. He's quoting Isaiah 28, verse 16, which reads, For this is what the sovereign Lord says. For this is God talking. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, for a sure foundation. The one who trusts, the one who trusts will never be dismayed. Paul talks about this same thing. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul's talking about us as disciples. And he says in verse 19, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's own household. Built on the foundation of the prophets, I'm sorry, and the apostles and their prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises up to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, he said, are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by the Spirit. We see by these passages, and this is by no means all of them. It's not an exhaustive list. But Jesus is the foundation. And none of us would argue with that. We say, yep, yep, Jesus is the foundation. No mistake about it. But the question is, how is Our foundation. What shape is our foundation in? Have we damaged our foundation? Have we built beyond our foundation? Give you an example. Uh, My daughter Jennifer and her husband Chris, uh, they live down in in, in Columbia, Missouri, and they've been on a house hunt for the past several months. They found a house, perfect house. They loved it. It was meeting all their criteria. They put an offer down, and the offer was accepted. But of course, when you do that, is contingent on it passing inspection. All right? The inspector came in and found huge foundation problems that no one could see from walking through and looking at it. It was perfect, except it had huge foundation problems. And so they withdrew from it, even though on the outside it seemed to meet all their needs. Well, they looked around, they looked around, they found another house. Okay, this one was good. This was great. We like this one. Let's put an offer on it. So they did. Contingent on the inspection. What the inspection inspector found was that when the, 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 somebody, we don't know if it was the current owner or somebody before that, did some rerunning of wires and some remodeling type of things, did things in such a way that was going to necessitate replacing several of the floor joists. Okay, which is going to be thousands of dollars. Now, fortunately... They worked all that in the deal and in the closing, and they're trying to figure that out. But the point is, is they didn't, you know, you don't see that stuff. And you can think things are all great until it takes a real closer, honest look. And then you realize, hmm, something's wrong with the foundation or something's going on here. And I don't think it's a nefarious thing. I don't think the owner went, ha, 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 I'm going to ruin the value of my home so it'll be harder to sell. You know, it it just things happened through neglect, through ignorance, through, you know, honest mistakes, whatever that caused a problem. So if we look at our foundation, I don't think Jesus is the problem. Okay, I don't think Jesus is the fault. However, even when that first house that Jen and Chris looked at, when it was built, the foundation was fine. Something happened later. When it was built, that second house, the floor joists and everything were fine. Something happened later. And so what we want to do is look at our foundation. How 
we relate to our foundation? And have we built beyond our own foundation? Now, before we go anywhere as a church this year in 2020, we're going to examine how we see Jesus, how we understand him and relate to him, what is his role in our life and what, therefore, is our role in his life. Because a lot of times we assume things and they may or may not be true. And we want to examine closely. And we're going to do this here and we're going to do this also in our Sunday morning Bible class. That starts next week, 9.30. It's going to be focusing in on really understanding Jesus. And we're going to be looking at our foundation. Because Jesus is the foundational standard. He's the chief Cornerstone. That's why I told Bob, he said, how do I do this? How do I label this podcast? Because we're also going to be doing podcasts on the same subject. All of it going together. I'm going to say, call it Hail to the Chief. Cornerstone. Okay? Yeah. And because I don't want it to be all about the chief, but it just seemed like appropriate for the U of I and, and Illinois and Champaign. The cornerstone, the chief cornerstone, the top one, sets the standard for the whole building. Sets the standard for the whole temple. You can't, well, you can build beyond the cornerstone, but it will be to your dismay. Now, the question is, do we accept that in our lives? Do we accept Jesus is the chief cornerstone? Because, see, some of us, some look at Jesus as the chief cornerstone, And they look at it and they see the way the stone's going and they go, well, I don't know. I I don't know if this foundation is solid enough. Maybe I'll build over here. Or we see our place on the foundation and where the cornerstone has led us and we say, well, you got that all wrong. I would be much better over there. I'd be better over here. Not where you've got me, Lord. Or you see maybe the role, the plans God has for me, and you say, well, that's great, God, I appreciate it, but I just, I'm just going to be tweaking it a little bit, all right? Maybe an addition to the house, a little sunroom, you know? I'm going to add a little bit more to it and make it a little bit better. We've got to understand, is we let Jesus be the chief cornerstone in our lives. Because even as disciples, we seize, sometimes we seize aspects that God has in store for us, we take them away from him and try to mold and shape them to what we want. And we try to fool ourselves that we have some control of our lives. And we tell God in such a way, I I, kind of know better what I can do, God. I know how to serve your church better than you know how I can. I know how to build on this rock better. And I ask the question, in doing that, do we... Reject the chief cornerstone. Oh, no, no, no. None of us would say, oh, I'm rejecting Jesus as the chief cornerstone. We would never say that. We're smarter than that. Okay, we hope. But you can't have a cornerstone and not let the cornerstone do its job. You see what I'm saying? It's not a decorative thing as it is like in this picture. Because we don't do the same kind of building things today as they did back then. But back then, you didn't build beyond the cornerstone. The cornerstone had a very specific task. And everything came off of it. 
And we can't say Jesus is my cornerstone, but I'm going to build the way I want to. That would be, in essence, rejecting Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Now remember, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 3 is written to a church. It's written to the Corinthian church. Do we look for the church we like? Church that does things the way I like them done? Do we look for the church and say, well, I'm, I'm trying to find me a cornerstone that I already agree with the way it's going? Do we look for a ministry even within our church? I like this ministry over here. I like the way it's going. I like that house church over there. I like the way that's going. Instead of saying, God, just use me anywhere in this building, you feel you, you, you see fit. Do I trust the cornerstone to lay out the pattern for my life and for my role in building this temple? Do I trust him enough? Do I trust him to work through the church leaders to put me where I need to be? Where I'll do the most good, even if I might not see how I can do the most good there at the time? Do I trust the cornerstone is working through my house church leader or my D group leader to lead us in the discussion and where we're going. Because sometimes I wonder, you know, you've seen it. Most of you have seen this dynamic happen, you know. I've seen it many, many times in my career. Uh, you're sitting in a D group or in a Bible talk. Those of you, you can remember what those were. Or a house church. And you're going down this road. But there's that person sitting over there. And you can tell they're not listening. They're, they're looking all through their Bible. They're not even listening. And then they go, I want to bring something up. And you're going, oh, you're taking us in a complete different direction. What, what in the world? And, and you start talking about different things. And I've seen this. And I understand it. I've been in that place. I've been in meetings or devotionals or workshops or classes. And I'm thinking, this is not how I would do this. This is not the direction I would take on this. I think the real issue is blah, 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 blah. You know, and I've felt all of those things. And then I finally came to the conclusion over many years of frustration. If God wants me in that field of influence, he will put me there. I don't need to force myself into that. Because you know what? The cornerstone is powerful enough to do that. And... Instead of me blaming, well, yeah, it's just those leaders over there. They don't respect me, and they don't want to listen to me, and they don't, they're holding me back. I just need to respect the cornerstone and say, you know what? If God thinks my ideas are so great, he'll put me in a position to take care of it. And if they are holding me back, God is strong enough to take care of that too. Amen. So I say, you know what? I'm going to trust the cornerstone. Because there are so many times, you know, hey, well... Why are we doing this? Why we do I don't know. They didn't ask my opinion on that. And amen. God has given me a certain level of influence and not given me another level of influence. And we can all hopefully relate to that. But can we trust the cornerstone? We'll take the measurements from him. We'll let him. Do we trust the cornerstone to work through the staff here and the eldership here and the board here to lead us to where we need to go in 2020. Well, where's that going to be? Well, we do have plans. Let me share with you some of them. We got plans to remodel. We're going into phase two of our remodeling. 
Okay? This was more internal and less expensive, praise God. <laughs> we wanted to do this last year, but we got sidetracked. We're getting on it now. Now, it involves many things. One first thing we're going to be doing, and we're going to starting it today, and we're going to be continuing on throughout this month and even longer, because we're not going to put ourselves on a time frame. We've got four weeks to do this or whatever. We, we, we're free enough. We can do what we want. We're going to reconsider our foundation, not reconsider whether Jesus is the right foundation, okay? Not whether or not Jesus is the right cornerstone, but how we see him. Do I see him the way God sees him? Do I relate to him the way God wants me to relate to him? Do I let him have the role in my life that he should have in my life? Am I living that way? We're going to be focusing on all of that this month. Then after that one, this is, this is odd sometimes. Say, Why are you doing that second? There's a reason. We are going to remodel our connection with one another. Okay, specifically, and I shared this before, in discipling, in understanding our spiritual role in one another's lives. Now, when I mentioned this back a few months ago, some people had PSD, you know, they were like crazy, they, they had flashbacks or whatever, because in our family of churches, for those of you who have been around long enough, there was discipling, used to have, a, a, everybody had a discipling partner. Now, I realize that's almost two decades ago. Uh, it is a while in the past. <laughs> Okay, but some people are very sensitive to that, and we're going to have to work with that. But we need to understand that, yeah, there were problems and there were challenges with that. There were also great victories and great growth with that. But we're going to focus on this for a month or more, how much ever time does it say, because we want to know, well, what does the cornerstone say about our spiritual role in each other's lives, and how can we effectively do this? We want to stay in the Bible as much as possible because we want to make sure that we're coming off the cornerstone. Exactly. Now, our goal is, is that every member of this church will have a discipleship partner. Now, I recognize some people are going to say, I don't want to do that. And, well, you know, amen. We're, we're a volunteer army at the end of the day. But we're going to provide this opportunity. We're going to help arrange this opportunity to help all of us fulfill when our cornerstone says he wants us to build one another up in a most efficient way. And I think those who do take part in it, those will be the ones that have been my experience. Those are the ones that are growing. They'll grow the most. They'll grow the fastest because I trust the cornerstone. I trust how it does it. I want to do this because now why are we doing this before we get into the other stuff? Because as we get into the other aspects, the prayer and the Bible study and the serving and the church... We have relationships with people to help us grow in that, to strengthen us. We have partners to work with us before we start tackling these other issues, which number three is remodeling our connection with God. And that's actually it's number three and number four. The first one is just going to be prayer. We're going to focus on prayer for a month or more. And that's why we already want to have that discipleship partner relationship because we have somebody to help me Work on and understand my prayer life. There's a lot of confusing things about prayer. Some of us boil it down. It's easy. Just talk to God. But there's, 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 there's a lot more to it. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to dig into it. And then, number four, we're going to remodel our Bible study. As we understand, this is part of our relationship with the cornerstone. 
But what does the cornerstone want from that? What does the cornerstone need from us as it's trying to build us into a holy temple? Then we're going to talk, remodel our connection with our church, our church involvement, our church commitment, helping and being a part of the family and what that really, really means. And then we'll move on to remodeling our connection with the community, serving the community, giving to the community, being a part and a light to our community. And we're going to spend as much time in the Bible as necessary to make sure that we are building and measuring off the cornerstone and the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Which means the sermons, starting not this week but next week, the Bible class, a podcast once a week, discipleship groups or house churches are all going to be on the same subject. Be it the foundation, be it prayer, be it Bible study, discipleship, all of those types of things. Because we're going to have teaching and teaching on many different layers. Then we're going to have that opportunity to talk about it, to discuss it, to help one another. And as with any remodeling job, okay, you know we're going to come across some things that we didn't see or foresee and need to be taken care of along the way. Guess what? We'll do that too. All right? Because we have the freedom and we can do that. But what we need to consider today is our cornerstone and how we feel about that. How we feel, we need to consider what this church is doing. We need to consider where this church is going. You need to consider what is your role in that. And I consider what is my role in helping where this church is going. And we need to seriously consider, do I trust the cornerstone to lead us? Now, I've been in situations... Well, I said, well, I trust the cornerstone. I just don't trust the leader. Now, what I'm subtly saying is, is I trust that leader stronger than the cornerstone because he can totally frustrate the cornerstone. He can do what he wants, and the cornerstone has no power. I go, realize that's not true. Cornerstone will take care of it if that's what needs to be taken care of. So I realized, you know what? I'm just going to figure this out. I'm going to trust in my Lord. Because what we really get down to, what the point really gets down to when you think of the cornerstone, it's lordship. It's the lordship of Jesus, letting the cornerstone set the foundation. See, lordship is the core. It's the primary part of Jesus' relationship with us. Sadly, though, it's also often the most neglected part. I want you to think about that for a second, because some of you go, well, what do you mean? There are many different layers to our relationship with Jesus. Okay, many different aspects of it, many different ways. That and in the Christian world, where these layers come from, usually how they are portrayed to us is Savior, Genie, Friend, Comforter, and way down the list is Lord. And if you think about it, and I listen to a lot of sermons, I listen to a lot of lessons, I listen to a lot of podcasts from different churches, different things. And it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm always shocked at how little I hear about lordship and surrender and submission to Christ. Letting Jesus lead. He knows best. Everything's on Savior, which is great. We all want a Savior. I'm not saying Savior's not in there. But yeah, he's my Savior. And now he's also my genie in a bottle. Bless me, help me, take care of me, make me happy. 
Okay, and then, well, he's my friend. I am a friend of God. And then he's my comforter, and that's great. And he's Lord. And we kind of, that's that kind of thing. But what we're going to see, and that's what we're going to look at, we're going to start looking at yesterday's video. When you look at what the gospel really talks about, because see, these things creep into our paradigm. They creep into even how we see things. We may kind of go, well, I know it's not really there, but we can fall into this trap very easily. But when we really look at the chief cornerstone and the foundation, what we find is, number one, first and foremost, Jesus is the Lord. That comes before anything. As a matter of fact, we're going to look at and see next week, that is actually the gospel. Not Jesus died for my sins, which is what we've all been told our whole lives. The gospel is that this God who became human and who died was elevated and became king of the universe and Lord. Because of that, I have an option to be saved. That's the gospel. And there is no savior without the Lord. The Lord comes first. And then, yeah, there's the, there's the, you know, the genie in the bottle. And sometimes he blesses us and asks us for what we ask for. But guess what? Sometimes he doesn't. You ever notice that? Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Now, he's always our friend. And thank God he can always be there to comfort us, even though even sometimes while he comforts us, he does not feel obligated to explain to us why everything that happens, happens. Why? Because when in doubt, refer to number one, he's the Lord. That's why it's so important to have that one, number one, always in our lives. But the Lord, this is not going the way I want it to go in my life. But, but I'm the Lord, okay? But this is not the way I want to build the building. Yeah, but, but, but I'm the chief cornerstone, okay? I, I get to do that. That's not your job. We got to have that one on. So today I want us to make a decision. I want us to make a decision to let Jesus be the cornerstone of this church, no matter where it takes this church. I want us to make a decision to let Jesus be the cornerstone of my life no matter where that takes my life. Jesus alone. Like that song, Christ alone, cornerstone. Because unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord is the chief cornerstone, our building will be in vain. I pray you all join us on this journey. I pray you come with us this year as we examine and rebuild our building with Jesus Christ himself as our chief cornerstone. Amen. <laughs>